With the director Jason Baker, aka Alchemist, as well as the Observer Imagine being not re-signed by the Overwatch League for either the World Cup or Overwatch League Season 2 as it looks, it rekindled a discussion about good observing in the scene. And now that I had a week to think about this, I think I made the realization that basically nobody wants to see the truest form of Overwatch, meaning they don't want to see the plays that are most likely going to have the highest impact. And I will back this up with statistics. I won't have direct numbers. I will have ballpark numbers. And we will also have an expert uh, opinion on this, at least in one of those instances. So to illustrate this, and I think it illustrates that very notion quite aptly, is a tweet chain between Jason Baker and Baroy, the guy behind Winston's lab. He does all the coding, or most of the coding, does all the statistical analysis, has done his statistical analysis for teams before, right? So he knows his stuff in terms of what are empirically true statements. So Alchemist starts with, I hate to break Reddit's heart, but no Blizz is not going to hire the Apex observers, obviously alluding to the fact that very often when observing is discussed, Apex is brought up as sort of like the the shining example of great observing while re-watching that very footage. I think there are certainly rose-tinted glasses in that regard happening here because if you go back, it wasn't all fine dandy. They didn't catch a lot of plays. It is also certainly hard to catch a lot of plays. And we will have to rethink how one would be observing these situations. Keep in mind, without any delay. So let's establish a baseline here of how you could be observing. So one thing would be, the truest form would be, if you don't have a delay, would be to always look at the numbers and look at the highest probability place to happen. So for instance, if a first kill happens, you would follow the um, the attacking team simply because they are most likely to impact the fight or win the fight at this point. If you get first kill and uh, in any situation, it's about a 76 to 78 percent based on the matter um, how much first kills matter. Now, these empir empirical realities don't seem to be sort of in the community's subconscious understanding of the game. A fight seems still seems very winnable, and yes, there are 22-24% that this fight can be won, also based on old state, but in reality, you can't, you shouldn't, as an observer, then, if you wanted to observe the truest Overwatch, you can't really consider those 24% if you want to make the highest probability observing of those that either win, and we can talk about that if that's even desirable. Simply my point being that if you wanted to do the truest observing, you would have to decide what to do in certain scenarios and then follow the empirical evidence of what is meaningful. That would also, by the way, mean that, and I 
let's let's go to my tweet uh, in this regard. I tweeted that exakills have very little bearing, and that is most certainly true. So let's let's say, for instance, a situation where you see a Genji blade. It's a 66. The Gen Genji blade is pulled. The very first kill, very impactful, right? The second kill, yes, it almost then seals the fight. I think 6v4 is, if I remember correctly, somewhere in the 80, high 80s. And then if you get the third kill, basically, if you were to observe the truest form of Overwatch, you're not even going to start continue observing the Genji anymore. Yes, that's the only play that ha that's happening, but there might be, for instance, a play from the, from the previous fight, which you couldn't show, which would have a higher likeliness of uh, of being impactful. But that doesn't feel like that to us, right? We want to see these 5k, 6 or 5k, 6k Genji Blades to its entirety, even though, strictly speaking, this is absolutely a misplay. No Genji Blade that was ever ended in, his, in six guys of your team being alive and zero guys of the opponent team being alive, and also add the caveat that the fight uh, cannot be in that scenario, the last one when the time ticks down, so it shouldn't be overtime, and it then wins the map for you. But if it's a normal fight in, in a round with still time left, you should basically never clear with your ultimate, simply because your team is not gaining ulti any ultimate charge, based on um, that situation, because you're obviously clearing with your ultimate and you are not generating ultimate charge for your. So, if we were to observe the empirically true, after two kills from a Genji Blade and no counter kills, you probably have a lot of airtime here to do more important stuff, like catch up on an all play. Well, would you like that? Hmm. So, for instance, so I say audiences have widely inaccurate perceptions of empirical realities. I just mentioned one of those um, aspects, but appreciate the romance of the moment. Well, this is an important one, right? So certainly a sort of beauty in these blades, for instance, are to be appreciated. To catch, for instance, the profit play live is to catch what I think most people want to see out of the game of Overwatch. And in a perfect world, these plays would not only be sort of uh, predictable, and we would, for instance, have maybe an observing delay, but that couldn't happen because of live audiences, obviously. But also, it would be maybe a little bit more likely that it happens and it is worth for the observer to be on profit because let's be honest the chances of profit in that final getting that 5k that he did first on carpe and then cleaning up around the point on volskaya b is very unlikely to happen now if you are on profit and it does happen this triggers i think academia at this point calls it an epic win meaning that something that you didn't think was possible is happening and those are the moments you want so simple probabilities don't help us here. You want to sort of take a gamble on low empirical realities, but then have the upside of the emotion of the moments, of the romance of the moment of this happening in a grand final where profit suddenly comes over the top, right? 
You want to take that gamble, and if you can catch that gamble, then you've probably done your job right. Then again, how can you possibly expect this to happen at that point? If you go back to the play, Carpe absolutely has to misplay in order for Profit to pop off like this. He doesn't even respond to being one-clipped. So, or I'm not even sure if it was a one clip. So, in order to predict this for the observing director, it's almost impossible. And I would argue that if he catches that in that moment, he likely either is psychic or made a mistake simply by believing this was possible. Simply from, from the idea of observing the truest Overwatch. If it happens, obviously, very good. But... In reality, Overwatch is so hectic, there could be diva bombs that are unpredictable in, in their outcomes or whatever. There's so many variables where big plays can happen, which you can't really even statistically anticipate. <coughs> and things will be missed as long as we don't use a delay, right? So, another example, then we go back to the Archimist uh, and Baroid chain. And they're now talking about stage one. And Alchemist says, I will say sorry, the Mercy meta, meta was stage one. Okay, a little bit bungled there. That was the hardest thing to try to make clean for the general viewer. Well, of course, like there's two moths basically flying across the screen, <laughs> likely also very close to your camera somehow, blocking stuff. You want to have the correct angles. You don't really know where the impact is coming from. And as Alchemist says, he isn't alone. He talks to these observers as well. He says, and let me bring this up. He says, kills didn't matter. Well, okay, so at the time, and I did a video on this, you can find it on this channel, but there is a wrong sense of emotion about this. And it's empirically, provably false that first kills didn't matter. They mattered at almost as much as without Mercy at all being in the game. Well, you say, well, but kills didn't matter because you can rest them. Yes, but the the impact it has, possibly by momentum, and we don't know these effects, like we can't really 100% discern. I can tell you the empirical evidence that the fight win rate of first kills weren't considerably worse. And this is also what Baroy says here. The effect Mercy has or had on kills mattering actually is exceedingly low statistically. So it's some point, point 0.5, point 0.6 percentage. So we're talking about a situation where you only win 75.2% of the fights or something. That's, that's not a huge impact at all. Even though it feels like, well, you can rest people. Yeah, but some, some forces within the game make it just as impactful as getting any other kill. That might be the rest cooldown being depleted, that might be putting Mercy in a compromising position, that might be simply having to wait for the rest animation, the guy can't position in that time and you can use the momentum. Whatever it is, it was impactful, but it wasn't perceived as such at the time, and also, that also is addressed in my video, even by analysts. So how is this guy supposed to cast the or to observe this empirically true and tell you the true story while entertaining you is simply not possible and you don't want that. So they then have a little bit of a um, back and forth. Just recently, L, I, I believe he's a, a moderator on the Comp Overwatch, 
um, subreddit says that's interesting too. Yeah, I would have thought it was it disproportionately favor whoever killed Mercy first by significant margin. Well, that makes sense because by killing Mercy, you effectively killed three, right? So we scroll down, and Jason Baker says, too, if you killed Mercy, it was over, you won the fight. If if both pulled Valk, it was a guessing game. That is the the emotional reality of basically everyone that watched Overwatch, but not by Baroy, who looked at the statistics. So here he comes again. The first kill of a fight always had the highest impact on the outcome, no matter if it was on Mercy or not, even considering res Resurrects. Mercy not being in the game increases the impact only slightly. Killing heroes like Tracer, Sombra, Diva, Moira first was actually more impactful. Now keep this in mind. Nobody thinks this at the time. Nobody thinks that killing anyone else but Mercy first. The The idea is but Mercy first was killed. We have 100% lost the fight. No, actually, apparently, according to Pibaroi, Tracer, Sombra, Diva, Moira are more impactful in that regard. So, once again, if you were to observe these situations, you would have to take a very different approach, right? You would have to sort of not maybe focus at all on the Mercy, but focus much more the camera on these other heroes that have a higher statistical impact when they're being picked first, right? Or you look at who takes the picks first and if he is, in fact, gunning for the guy that's the most impactful. Everyone thought it was Mercy. Nope, it wasn't, right? So we we keep going in the tweet chain, showing the end results and showing who is going to be the one to carry. That is two different things. Here is the, the core point, basically, of the two types of ideas between roughly, let's say roughly, showing something entertaining and showing something that is actually empirically true and most of the time will be true. And these sadly don't converge that often in Overwatch because of how the game is basically made up at the very core of the game. There seems to be something that uh, where this happens. Um, okay, and then, yeah, they just clear up some confusion. So, okay, so in that regard, should just put a bow on it, right? Statistical impact, or rather, unraveling what is actually true about the game isn't in the current format, and I am going on out on limb here, has never been, in the history of Overwatch, been the most fun experience for anyone, if you were then to empirically look at what, um, what others to think. I... I Guess I can go up because this also caused caused some um, some controversy. The casters did not want that style of quick tracer cutting, right? And the general viewer didn't want that either. I have data, so they probably have focus groups or something, or have some sort of feedback that has statistical telling power and has some um, empirical uh, under underpinning or like explanation what um, is generally considered to be the best observing, which, by the way, obviously, once again, vocal minority on competitive Overwatch um, doesn't necessarily have to be uh, the vocalized form, right? So it is um, certainly a situation where it's certainly hard to find the correct types. You, What I do know now, though, going through the data, looking at what is most impactful, 
if someone was to observe it that way, you wouldn't have fun with Overwatch. You would probably only have a top-down map. You would have the sidelines and you would see, for instance, is the Widow, who's most likely going to have a first kill, for instance, for some teams where the, where the Widow of that team has the most first kills. You probably want to witness that. So you would be sitting on the Widow the entire time. You don't go off. You maybe have probability factors of someone being in the backline, therefore having a higher increased chance to get a first kill, depending on where everyone else is looking. But you would then have to converge the sidelines onto that minimap. And because of the probability, keep in mind, even the best first kill uh, guys only get like 17% of first kills in any given fight. And that's already an outrageous uh, thing. So if you haven't previously decided if you want to observe uh, offensive or defensive, you go to the first kill guy based on the on the hero. You sit on him. You wait for him to make the highest probability uh, first kill, and then go from there. Right? You would stop at three uh, a difference of three players because the fight is basically over. Then for two CP maps, it, it is already like if the offense is two down, you can stop observing. You can show other plays. That, that wouldn't flow well, would it? So that's my entire point here. If you want to observe Overwatch in the truest form, you would have top-down maps and nobody would be enjoying that in the live broadcast. Thanks for watching.